Open your Bibles while you're opening your Bibles to First uh, Corinthians chapter 1 and the last few verses, starting at verse 26. Verse 26. <coughs> Let those who glory, glory in the Lord. That was not the message I thought I was going to preach. As I was telling Dr. Ingalls earlier, I really, when Dr. Ballard invited me to come, which is such an honor, I really wanted to speak to you about Naaman and his little maid. Holy Spirit said no. And so he sent me here. And so I hope you enjoy it because it's God's word. And the Holy Spirit is our teacher. And when he tells us to go to 1 Corinthians, that Corinthian church, <laughs> you go to 1 Corinthians. For you see your calling, brethren, that not many wise according to the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called. But God has chosen the foolish things of the world to put to shame the wise. God has chosen the weak things of the world to put to shame the things that are mighty and the base things of the world and the things which are despised. God has chosen, and the things which are not, to bring to nothing the things that are, that no flesh should glory in his presence. But of him you are in Christ Jesus, who became for us wisdom from God, and righteousness, and sanctification, and redemption, that as it is written, he who glories... Let him glory in the Lord. Let's pray. Father, it's your word that we want to hear today. We pray, Holy Spirit, that you would guide the thoughts and intents of our heart, that we would be intentional to preach the word. And Father, we thank you for this school. Lord, we thank you for the miraculous way that you raised it up and Continue to maintain it. We thank you for the staff and the faculty, for the students. And Lord, we pray your greatest blessing upon each one as we surrender our will to you and as we live in obedience to you. That whether we eat or drink, of whatever we do, that we do it for the glory of God. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I've been doing some studies in the so-called minor prophets. They're not so minor when you study them. They're on the same level, I think, as Isaiah. And I think Dr. Ingalls would agree with me that Isaiah probably spoke the most eloquent Hebrew 
of anybody, did he not? Did he? What you think? <laughs> but you know, Micah and Hosea and Amos, that quartet of preachers, each one of them brought glory to God. They brought the message that God gave them to the people that he gave it to, and each one used their own particular personalities to bring forth the word to the people that needed to hear it. Wow. That's amazing, isn't it? You know, I was thinking about uh, a quote that I read one day from uh, Dr. Swindoll, Chuck Swindoll. Am I, is that, am I so old school? Does anyone here really know who Chuck Swindoll is? Oh, thank you. I appreciate your honesty. I noticed it wasn't the younger ones that raised their hands. He said, Great communicators have been men and women committed to clarity and simplicity. I hope that I can do that for you today. I really do. Uh, because as I think about the message that is before me in this text, and it keeps running away. There we go. That's what happens when you use one of these technical things. All right, it's here somewhere. There we go. I didn't lose my Bible. I just lost my place. But think about this first verse for just a minute. For you see your calling, that is your calling into salvation, brethren, that not many wise according to the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called into salvation. Now, did you see that word many? Not many. Aren't you glad he didn't say not any? <laughs> he said not many. In fact, the lady Serena Hastings of the British Empire. She was a countess in uh, Huntingdon. And when she was reading this passage, she said, I am so glad it said not many. Because she was a noble lady. It said not many noble. She said, I came to Jesus by an M. <laughs> in sign language, we do it that way. I came by an M, she said. Because of the grace of God and the goodness of God, that many, not many, but some, amen. Abraham Lincoln put it this way. He said, God must really love common people because he made so many of us. <laughs> and I'd add to that, and I think you would too. God must really love Christians because he made so many of us. But there's still room for more. There's still room for more. And that's why he's called us to that wonderful grace of taking the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ to those who need to receive him. We're just ordinary folk for the most part. But you know what's so exciting about that? It's the extraordinary grace of God that brought us to himself. Amen. Praise God that you and I, just 
common folk. Even in the church at Corinth, there wasn't many mighty folks or, or noble people there. Maybe I, if you go through the whole book and the book of Romans, because that's where Paul was in Corinth when he wrote Romans, right? And so if you go through the list at the end of Romans chapter 16, which, by the way, was the chapter just before we came here, you might find a few, maybe a handful. But for the most part, most of us were just born common folk. I remember, and I'm not proud of it, but as a 20-year-old, do I have any 20-year-olds in here? Anyone willing to identify with that age? All right, there's a few of you. As a 20-year-old atheist drunk, God reached down. He pursued me. He came after me. There were three different occasions in my life in the year before I trusted Jesus as my Savior where I had a great, tremendous opportunity to receive Christ. And I didn't do it. But praise be to God, he didn't give up on me. He just kept coming, just kept coming. We do it like that in sign, right? Amen, that means amen. He just kept coming, coming, amen. Until finally, he brought me into his grace. He brought me into the fellowship of his son. He brought me into the family of God. Oh, that I would have come so many years younger. So much more could be accomplished. But praise God, he came when he did. That I could know Jesus as my Savior and share that gospel message to folks in many places. God is so good. His grace is so complete. There was no boasting in our part. No wisdom, no authority, no talents, no treasures. But praise be to God, he brought us in. Why? Because he loved us. We, that's why we love him, because he first loved us, John tells us. Anyone here ever heard of a book by the name of The Troubled Triumphant Church? Who's the author? The Troubled Triumphant Church. Who authored that book? That's right, Dr. Uh, Paige Patterson. And he said in identifying this, chap this paragraph, he said it is the coronation of Christ. The coronation of Christ. And I thought about that a lot. I've been reading through his commentary, by the way. It's a great commentary. It's probably in the bookstore here. I know it's in the library. And it's probably in the book. Don't you have a bookstore here? Someone told me you had a bookstore here now. No? Well, you can order them online. Uh, Dr. Ballard will give you the address if you need it. Uh, excellent book. But anyway, as I was reading through that book, I noticed many characteristics from this particular paragraph that I identify with because that's where I came from. I believe that's where we all came from, if we'll be honest. But one of the things that I noticed 
is that we must be reminded where we came from. We must be reminded what we were before we knew Jesus. Because sometimes we get just a little bit mm, built up in ourselves. By the way, that's called pride. That's not good. I remember when my son, and some of you, I guess, got to see my son yesterday in evangelism class. But when he was just a little boy, he was playing t-ball before he broke his back. He was playing t-ball and uh, had a really great day. And I remember after the game came up and everybody was patting him on the shoulder and, and saying, oh, we're so proud of you. And I remember deliberately, intentionally looking at my son and I said, Sam, I'm so grateful and thankful for you. See, pride isn't in my vocabulary. I hope it won't be in my life, you see. But I was grateful. I was thankful for the accomplishments that he was making in his life. Not only do we need to be reminded, I think that's a clock up there, but I can't see it. I'm going to have to look at my calendar, I guess. But uh, we need to be reminded what we were when we were called to salvation away from the mess. I don't know about you, but I was a mess. Apart from Christ, I was nothing. I'm still, apart from Christ, <laughs> nothing. Absolutely zelt, zero. <laughs> Denada. Nothing. Some of you know what I meant by that. Some of you, I'm not sure you're convinced. You were somebody. Well, God takes the somebodies and makes a nothing out of them. Amen? Wow. We also need to be reminded why and how God can use us that not in the flesh, glorying in ourselves, but that he transforms us to declare the gospel to folks that will become trophies of his grace, folks that will learn to surrender and obey his will in their lives. That's the Jesus I'm talking about today. That's the God I'm talking about today. That's the one who changed me, and I hope he changed you too, amen? Because I have to be reminded where I came from. If I'm not reminded where I came from, I have a tendency to think that I'm somebody. I'm nobody. <laughs> Apart from Christ, I guarantee you, I'm nothing. Nothing at all. I'm a nobody. We used to call it, have a term across the street from us way back when, when I was a kid, and we called it white trash. Well, I didn't live over there, but I was just as white as trash as the rest of them, I can tell you that. Amen. In verse 27, he says, But God has chosen the foolish things of the world to put to shame the wise. God has chosen the weak things of the world to put to shame the things that are mighty. And the base things of the world and the things that are despised, God has chosen. We've been chosen. He pursues after us. And the things which are not to bring to nothing 
the things that are. Look at verse 29. That no flesh should glory in His presence. Wow. Free yourself. Use the gifts that God has given you. Don't use someone else's gifts. Don't use someone else's personality. Be the person God made you to be. I remember when I was way back, I don't know, 150 years or so ago, when I, whatever it was, when I was going to college in Denver, Baptist Bible College, and Dr. Uh, Bryce Osberger, the president, he got out of chapel one day and he said, as I go out to our supporting churches, I hear that there's a lot of little Dr. A's out there. He said, that's not good. He said, I have my gifts, you have your gifts. Use your gifts. Let God use your person. Don't try to be me, is what he said. A few years later, when I graduated from another Baptist college in Springfield, Missouri, uh, I went to pastor my first church. And I had three former pastors on my advisory board. I've mentioned that to before, and I've heard a groan. But it wasn't. It was such a blessing. It's all in how you receive it. You know what I'm saying? And I received each one of them as a gift from God to the young pastor, pastoring his first church. And I remember one of those pastors who had been retired for about 10 years. He was up in his 80s. And he came to me after a message one day, and he said, Pastor Harvey, back when I was younger and I was going to Moody Bible Institute, he said, we had a president by the name of Harry Ironside. And he said, you sound so much like Harry Ironside. And at the time, I mean, I, wow, I just lifted up, you know. <laughs> wow, I just really went up. And several years later, I thought about that. And I thought, you know, he wasn't giving me a compliment. He was telling me, you've been reading all of Harry Ironside's commentary so much that you sound like him. <laughs> Don't. Don't do that. Later on in, in years, I remember there was a time when I was always listening to J. Vernon McGee. Am I just way above your heads? Anyone here ever hear of J. Vernon McGee? Oh, thank you. I, I didn't say Oliver Green, right? Some of you say, yeah, I'm glad you didn't. <laughs> Oliver Green was a great writer, but nobody could tolerate listening to him. But anyway, J. Vernon McGee, I remember there was a time in my ministry, I'd been pastoring about 10 years or so, I guess, and after a particular sermon, I remember thinking, wow. My sermon, I was listening to my sermon afterwards. I do that sometimes. Uh, you say, wow, you're egotistical or what? <laughs> no, I do it because I want to listen and see where I mess up. Well, well I, I'm real good at messing up the King's English and American English too. <laughs> and so I like to see where I mess up so maybe I can correct it, you see. And so I was listening uh, to a sermon one day, and I thought, wow, 
That sounds like Javon McGee pushing up there today. That's not good. You have some great professors here. You have a great president. Dr. Ballard is a tremendous preacher. Dr. Williams, uh, Dr. Ingalls, Dr. Medill, uh, and several others of your professors, uh, Brother King and, and Brother Mancuso, and uh, I don't know all of you, but you have some great professors here. But let them use their gifts and you use your gifts. Don't try to sound like them. Don't try to be like them. Just learn from them and go out and use it for the glory of God, you see? They don't want you going out here being little miniatures, Dr. Williams, miniatures, Dr. Ballard. They don't want that, and you don't either. We need to be reminded of what we were, where we came from. Some people say from, we just came from ground litter. <laughs> yeah, that's about it. It was for me, I can tell you for sure. But praise be to God. God has chosen us out of his grace, his marvelous grace. We need to be reminded why and how God will use us. God will use us as we use the gifts that he has given us in and of ourselves. Another, and I'd just like to share a quote from Dr. Patterson. You can tell I enjoyed his book. Uh, but I want to share a quote because he made a quote about this passage. He said, Paul's point is rather that God in his own wisdom has chosen to demonstrate his saving grace through those who would not be counted important in the estimate of the powerful and the noble of the world. That's a fact. <laughs> that is a great fact. I can tell you that. And so we need, as we see in verses 30 and 31, we need to be reminded of all that we have in Jesus Christ because that's what it's all about. Romans 8:28. we all know it. We've memorized it. You could all probably quote it to me right now. But verse 29, we got to keep going. you got to get to verse 29. That's so vital because he wants us to be conformed into the image of his son, the Lord Jesus Christ. And so we need to be reminded all that we have in Jesus Christ. Jesus is beautiful. Did you know that the more you're conformed to the image of Christ, the more beautiful you become? That's true. Yes, absolutely. The world looks for heroes, but God looks for the humble. Amen. God is impressed when Christ is being taught through the Holy Spirit in and through our lives. That is so vital, so important. I hope we grab a hold of that. The wisdom of God. Wow. Wow. When I think about the wisdom of God and how the, the world, Ted Kerner, Turner and all his group and all those goofballs that haven't had an opportunity to hear the truth of the gospel, and I think about the treasure of the gospel. God did something so 
wonderful and so unique in his wisdom. He sent his only son to die on a criminal's cross. Shed his blood to satisfy the wrath of Almighty God. And the world hears that and they say, that's so foolish. The foolishness of the gospel saved me from myself, from sin, from Satan, from the world. He tells us in Romans 6.11, he says, Likewise, reckon yourself, consider yourself dead indeed unto sin, but alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. We have that, but it's by faith. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. You know that. It's by faith that we're dead to sin. We can grow weaker and weaker in sin as we grow in our Christian life. But it's a choice. Just like everything in our life is a choice. It's a choice. We have to intentionally decide that, yes, this is the life I'm going to live. And we can do it by the grace of God because he gives us the power to do it. He says of righteousness, Christ is our righteousness. Through him we are justified. Someone said it, and I'm going to say it too because I love it. Just as though you've never sinned. That's what it boils down to. Release from the penalty of sin. Righteousness in God. Sanctification. I love that. Christ is our sanctification. Through him we're made holy, liberated from the daily power of sin. I think I just shared that with you in Romans chapter uh, 6 and verse 11 and uh, 1 Peter 1, 1 through 3. Uh, that the power of daily sin can be put to death in our lives. You say, you mean we can, we can be without sin? By the grace of God, that can be our goal. That can be our testimony every day of our life if we're willing to go there. But it takes surrender to the Holy Spirit. And it takes obedience to the Word of God for it to happen. And redemption, Christ is our redemption. Through Him, we are glorified, freed from sin's presence forever. We call that glorification in heaven. Amen. With no sin in heaven. By ourselves, we're nothing, not a zero zelch. But in Christ. And I want you to get this. I'm going to come out here because I'm not sure the guys back in the back are hearing me too well. <laughs> you know, I, I'm not even seeing a frown on your face, let alone a smile. We are invaluable to Christ invaluable to God because of Jesus Christ in our life. You are invaluable. Nobody can put a price on you. Nobody can threaten you in any way and hurt you. You say, what if they put a spear through me? Glory to God, you're glorified right there immediately with Jesus in heaven. Well, what if they shoot me? Glory to God. You're in heaven. But don't you do it on yourself. Don't you bring it upon yourself. 
No. That's no way to enter heaven. Amen. Romans 8, 23 is so clear. Revelation 21, 5, all, uh, 9, all the way to 22, 5 tells us, talks to us about that glorification, that final redemption. But God in Christ, we are invaluable. The difference lies in Him. Therefore, there is no boasting. We have no reason to boast. No reason to glory in ourselves. But we glory in the Lord. Look at that last verse with me again. He who glories, let him glory in the Lord. I know, those funny looking notes. I was probably in my sleep when I wrote them. Let those who glory, glory in the Lord. We need to be reminded what we were. We were called in salvation from the throwaway mass. Nothing good in us apart from Christ. But in Christ we're invaluable. Invaluable. There's not a diamond in the world that's as valuable as we are in Christ. Not one. You say, well, I seen one on the news not too long ago, and it was worth so many millions of dollars. You, you don't even have a word. We don't even have a word for how valuable we are. It's beyond millions and trillions and billions and whatever they call them. That's how valuable you are to Jesus Christ. We need to be reminded how and why God will use us that no flesh will glory in itself, that he transforms us to declare the glory of the gospel. That's why we're still here, to share the gospel with a lost and a dying world. That is the only reason, the mostest, could I say, the mostest reason for why we're still here. Yeah, I know, I should go to college and learn, <laughs> take English and learn how to speak. But I guess I'm with Brother Moody <laughs> when it comes to that. We need to be reminded that all that we have in Christ Jesus is in Christ Jesus. I love the way the little girl in Sunday school said it. She said, the Lord is my shepherd. That's all I want. Her theology wasn't too bad. I would say, the Lord is my shepherd. That's enough. The Lord is my shepherd. That's sufficient. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for your son. Thank you, Father. Abba, Father, we thank you that you loved us so much that you made a provision for each one of us. Each one of us are so special in your eyes. And you have a purpose for us. And you want to use this for your glory and for your honor. And most of all, you want us to share the gospel with a lost and a dying world. If God has spoken to your heart this morning, you can do it right where you are. You can come up here and get down on your knees before the Lord and just thank him for his marvelous grace. God bless you. 
It was a treat to get to talk to you today.